Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Book Journeys Radio, an interview series for authors in transformation. From the basic fundamentals of selecting a book topic and overcoming writer's block to advanced techniques for publishing and marketing your books. Don't forget to check out our complete schedule and archive shows at blogtalkradio.com forward slash book dash journeys. Now, get ready to make a difference with your book with your host, founder of the author incubator, Dr. Angela Loria. Well, hey, 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 everybody. We are back at Book Journeys Radio. I am so excited to be here. I'm your host, Dr. Angela Loria. And every episode of Book Journeys, we are joined by an author who has crossed that finish line, who have the goal of writing a book, and they made it across that goal despite the many things that can distract us in our process. Um, whether it's procrastination, other things that come up in your life, being busy, medical conditions, having another job, travel, you name it, there is always a reason not to finish your book. And so I like to share on this podcast uh, what it takes to actually get it done, what it takes to finish your book, and why it's worth it. We'll learn um, from our guest today the difference that having a book has made in their life. And my guest today Um, is author Travis Scott Collier. Travis is a transition coach. He is the author of a couple books, but most recently, Command Your Transition, Declare Your Intent, Craft Your Mission, and Make It on the Outside. Um, Travis, welcome to the show. Hi, Angela. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. It's terrific to have you. So let's get started started um, just by talking about Command Your Transition. What's the book about and who did you write it for? So Command Your Transition is about specifically military transition. I I wrote a book that I personally wish I had five, six years ago when I was getting to the halfway point normally in my military career and looking back on that time, I wish I had better awareness of all the choices that were possible for me, both inside and outside the uniform. So I came back from deployment to the Middle East last July and started having these conversations with friends about transition. And these conversations and my own experiences whittled down into the book. So I wrote the book for military members at eight to ten years of service for them to figure out what service means to them regardless of what they wear, what it means to serve and how to fulfill their own values, and then to find the the highest and best calling for them to do that. For some, it is the same uniform, but for some, and I think for the most, it might be to move on, take your ten years, your half career in the uniform, and apply And so you, um, so for you, the idea of commanding your transition, is it about having options? Is it about being able to make decisions um, maybe from a, I don't know, a more empowered place? Or what's different about this than the options that, are, that were out there for you when this book wasn't, wasn't there at that point for you? So the option for me was to promote. It was the only option 
I gave myself. And I got the third lowest evaluation of my career the summer before that, that critical promotion point. And that's very important because in the military, uh, members usually leave at around four-year intervals, the five years, 10 years, 20 years, 25 years. We call them the year game. The first five years is about the first tour or first assignment or first enlistment. They've gone to boot camp. They've gone to their specialty school. Um, they've gone to the field. They, they, they're starting to do what they like to do. And they can walk away no harm or foul, get your GI Bill, move on. Ten years is, is key because at ten years, you're reaching a uh, tenured point. And we don't like using the phrase tenured in the military, but you kind of sort of are after a certain point. Um, whether you're close to making E7, whether you're on track to making 04 or 05 on the officer side. Um, in the Coast Guard, once you make 04, you're all but guaranteed 20 years to retire given of how the promotion windows work and what's in federal law. Um, so I got this evaluation. I uh, thought this is my only chance. I'm not going to make 04. I'm not going to promote. I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. I'm done. I had a very negative attitude about it. And one of my E7s that I worked with asked me a question one day. He's like, you know, you act like you just want to get out and you don't even realize it. Do you really want to be in or not? And I stopped. I know. I stopped and I thought about it. I'm like, you know what? Maybe I don't want to be in. Maybe it was me not giving myself the best shot to succeed because I didn't want to be a part of the business anymore. Um, so that awakened, that really awakened me. That really woke me up. And I talk about getting that year 11 decision at year nine. This what happened to me. I got a year, I'm sorry, a year nine decision at year 11. I want people to <laughs> make an informed, honest choice before they reach a terminal point, not after. Because once you're in, for me, now I'm at 15 years, I, I can't get out because, you know, retirement's looking me in the window in four and a half years. I can't say no to that. Like, I can't turn away that golden carrot. So I want people to, I want veterans to be sure about themselves why they stay in and be sure about themselves about why they want to leave. And I also want veterans to look at transition not as just, that one-year window where you didn't make rank and you're frustrated by getting out, but, but transition as a, as a part-time job, and a full-time job. I mean, it takes us years to get right into the organization. It should only make sense that it would take us years for us to actually read and indoctrinate ourselves out of the organization. Yeah, great point. So how did you how did you pick this topic? How did you decide to write this book? When I came back from deployment, I spent a week in Los Angeles. Um, I actually went to dating boot camp. That's a whole other story. I went twice. <laughs> I know, right? I needed it. Um, but there was a Army lieutenant, Army 03, Army captain, I'm sorry, who was in my boot camp this time around. And, you know, we were training stories. And, you know, West Point graduate had been deployed to Germany, had some, some time in the Middle East. And, uh, you know, he was getting out and walking away because his dream at that time was to go the nonprofit route to serve. Um, and some of the, the frustrations he got – 
I had experienced, and to a certain extent I, I experienced a little bit, um, but I really was amazed by how he took responsibility for his choice and for where he stood. So from that conversation, you know, I started my drive across country to finally settle my way into Orleans, and I started thinking about all the other people that I, a lot of the other people I helped make their own transition out, whether they were E5, E6s, um, O2s, O3s, O4s, O6s. And slowly, the parts of all these stories started to come together to me for, one, the four-year gate. So there's really four types of groups of people, veterans together in the military. And then, two, it was really that 10-year point that one I had the hardest experience with that I know that I could give the most insight and benefit on. And so I started to craft a reader or a profile of someone who is in that position, who is in that seat of close to 10 years. They've been in two tours. They're not sure about going for the third tour. They're not sure about doing 20 years. They've got a great skill set. They can do something on the outside. They want to do something on the outside. They're driven by family. And, you know, they're thinking about doing something different. There are a lot of transition resources for veterans out there. You know, there is resume writing, there's career fairs, there's job fairs, there's academy conferences, there's mentoring networks, there's all these resources. And these resources are tactics, but transition as a strategy, as a campaign, is that something that's really taught, learned, or experienced until it's almost too late. So as I started coming up with the ideal reader, I came to the perspective of, well, Veterans don't need the tools. They need to understand and appreciate their own thought, feeling, and mindset about the tools that are out there. They need to, they need to appreciate mm. the space that's there. I know. It's, it's huge because it's not about get a job. It's about get right with the job or the profession that you want to have for the next 20, 30 years of your life? What do you want to be defined by? Are you okay with what you want to be defined by? And I think a lot of the time the military does a great job of definition, but the reasons we join the military aren't always the reasons why we stay in the military. And so for me, you know, that whole why you join isn't why you stay became a level of dissonance into not only my experience, but experience a lot of my friends, and also became a kind of a anchor or fix, if you will, positional fix on the type of perspective veterans need to make it out. And that's where I think my book comes into play. Yeah. Well, is there anything before you wrote the book? It's like, I think people get inspired. They get an idea like that. They see a pattern like that. They're kind of watching something unfold and they think, I want to write a book. And usually what happens is they immediately start writing it. Maybe they finish it, mm-hmm. maybe they don't. Very often they don't. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but for you, is there anything that you think if you knew before you started writing, if you had to go back or if you were going to write another book, is there something that you would do before you wrote your book um, now maybe that you didn't do before with your first book? Sure. Um I think having – let me talk a little briefly about what I know works. Having the ideal reader okay. at the forefront of my mind um, worked. His name was Samuel. Uh, he's an E6 in the Navy at eight years, nine years. 
um, and decided to get out to go to Pensacola State College to get his bachelor's degree in electronic computer science to be an engineer. Um, you know, funny story, in my profile of him, one of my warrant officers had almost the exact same career path 10 years prior. So it's funny how things come together. Um, what I wish I knew then that I know now is one of the things you learn in writing a book is you want to see how your book sits, where it's located, where it's positioned. Um, I think the Tim Ferriss quote about in order to learn a subject, you want to read the top three books in the field about that subject. Um, and I mm-hmm. had a lot of research over time, but when people, when I, when I talk to other people about my book now, um, I now know that my book, I really want my book to be the what color is your parachute for military veterans. Like that's the book that I wrote, and that is the book that I know uh, my, my audience needs. And I wish I had read a more recent version of what color is your parachute in the sense of um, where that that book actually falls short. I think it's a great book. I think it's a great resource. But it's, I think it's a, it's a mile wide. Perennial favorite. Yep. Yeah, it's, a, it's absolutely perennial favorite. But I don't think it's veteran specific. And but you know, we see, I, I see it all on the, on, the, on the board. I see it on LinkedIn all the time. How they're saying, read what color is your parachute. I'm like, oh, read my book because what color is your parachute only helps you once you know what you need it to help you for. So I think looking back at it, I know for writers, research can be a boon and a bane. It could be a joy and a curse. I had a lot of research, but I do kind of wish that I had uh, just very briefly focused in on the top books more in specifically in the genre I know where veterans are going to go from their bookshelf first and then shown how you really truly get those books, not by just opening page one, but by opening yourself up to what you want page one to mean to you. Yeah, that's totally powerful. So what, um, what for you was the hardest part about writing this book? Was, were there moments you experienced writer's block or other challenges during the process of writing? <laughs> I uh, I had the most idyllic, legendary, dreamy, Morpheus-inducing, like Morpheus is in the Matrix, Morpheus, you're in the Matrix-inducing experience writing my first book, Scale. I was in Santorini in Greece for two weeks for my mid-deployment leave, and I wrote that entire book in those two weeks of my mid-deployment leave before returning back to Saudi Arabia. I had a cottage, a two-bedroom cottage, on the side of a cliff, and I had the best, most picturesque sunsets in the world. You can't beat that. No one should write their first book Mm. that way ever. Um, (laughs) Unless you have other, a list of other fabulous places you're going to go. Absolutely, absolutely. Now i got to find, like, like a Tuscany or Hawaii to write book five. No, uh, and I'm thinking, I've already thought about that. So <laughs> th- this time around, 
it was very difficult because I'm back in my normal blue uniform. I'm not in my camouflage, which for the Coasties is rare. Um, I'm back in my normal quote-unquote day job. I am in a new location. I live now in New Orleans, and New Orleans is a interesting place to live and be an author. Um, New Orleans truly never stops. It, it, it's on 24 hours a day. Um, and, and lots of authors. There's a, there's a big writing history in New Orleans. Huge writing history in New Orleans. There's, there's a lot of, I always say New Orleans is a pulse unlike any other city on earth, and I truly believe that. The city breathes, and the connection to art in the city, I mean, everyone does something in the city, whether you're a painter, a writer, I do improv on the side. I mean, everyone does something here besides what they do. Um, so the challenge for me here was to, I'd never written a book while being in, back in a Blue Suit Coast Guard uniform and a Blue Suit Coast Guard assignment. When I was on deployment, it was easy because it was do my deployment job, write on the side, edit, and I was done. But here it's like I had to make time in my life to do my job and to do this job. And it's still my challenge now that I'm on the other end of, of providing coaching and support to veterans who are choosing to make the transition the way I recommend. Um, I have to make space and time for that in my life so that I can truly serve those I want to serve. Mm. Yeah, love it. So what, um, what, do you think, um, what do you think is the best thing to come out of, maybe not just this book, but out of being an author? You've been an author, I think, for over a year now, maybe two years. Um, what's the best thing about being an author? I never imagined I would write two books in a year to the day. Never imagined it. Mm. Um, I never imagined it. I, uh, I remember December 1st, 2014, I was sitting on the beach in Jeddah at the hotel looking over the Red Sea, and I remember realizing, yeah, this is writing a book is possible. Now, a year and a half later, two books are possible. I think a book is a message. I think a book is, a, is an author's signature in a place and time of what they think, what they believe, and how they choose to manifest it. I think books are artifacts, and I think books start mm-hmm. conversation. I think it's not, about, it's not just about credibility. It's about being honest in what you believe and putting that to the world. You know, anyone can write a blog. You can write a blog for a decade, but no one really looks back five years, six years, or seven years. You write a book, that never goes away. That never evaporates in the ether. So for me, I think, I believe the biggest victory in having a book done is not just the innate sense of accomplishment of finishing it, but in having an anchor for what you believe, how you can serve, and a story that helps others be better as a result of reading it. Um, Right now I'm reading one of the Richard Branson biographies, Losing My Virginity, and I am awestruck about how Branson already had Virgin Music and Virgin Atlantic before he was 40, and I had never thought about that before, but it took Branson talking about his life up to then and anchoring his experience for 
me or any other reader to realize that, wow, amazing things can happen when you put your mind to doing amazing things. And, you know, I, I believe the same thing for transition. Transition can be amazing, but you've got to do the work to make it amazing. Awesome. So here's, like, here's the thing I'm curious about with you is I think that when we keep a promise to ourselves as big as writing a book, um, that, that while there are benefits to writing a book, like, you know, maybe being asked to speak or being on a podcast or getting clients, like one of the biggest benefits to me is the way you change. So if you think back to December uh, of last year in Jeddah and now 18 months later, how do you think that you're different? How do you think you've changed in the last year and a half? Two ways. One, I am absolutely more honest with myself. When I look back at that year nine decision at year 11, I was choosing to be dishonest with myself. Um, Monday, the promotion board convenes for a commander for 05 for my next and definitely final promotion if I am selected. Monday, I'm going to be in Austin for a week doing a 40-hour, five-day improv intensive with shows every night for six nights. Like, I don't care about promotion. And I'm not saying that in a flippant way. It's that service for me isn't what I wear. It's who I do. I don't need the rank to be of service. I don't. I'm happy where I'm at. I'm happy with the choices I made. I know where the choices I made have taken me. And whatever happens beyond that is, 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 is out of my control. And I've become very honest with myself about my own perspective of promotion and the system and politics and all that stuff. And it's, and it's huge. It's, it's, it's a win that I, I would never have had had I written two books. So that's number one. Do you uh, think, two, do you think, oh yeah, you had a number two. Go ahead. No, you go. I'll remember my question. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then my number two was things get simple when we choose to make them simple. So like I said, I live in New Orleans. Um, the four seasons in New Orleans are football, carnival, crawfish, and snowball. Those are the four seasons in New Orleans. They are. We make t-shirts about it. Those are the four seasons in New Orleans. Um, great. I've always been afraid to live in New Orleans. In the Coast Guard, it's not really a coveted location to live in New Orleans, even though the vast majority of Coast Guard business happens in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, true story. We won't always say that, but it's definitely a true story. Um, but being here now and being in this continued creative pursuit, things get simple. You know, the old, you know, my old partying days are gone for the most part. You know, it's, it's right, it's, it's build relationships, it's meet veterans where they are, it's gathering stories, it's providing mentorship. 
an insight. It's coaching others to make amazing transitions. It's, it's coaching veterans to help them write their own books for whatever part of the experience they want to write about. Like things get simple when you create something as big and as comprehensive as writing a book. And for me, they, it's gotten really simple. And some of my old friends get mad at me because they're like, well, you don't go anymore. I'm like, well, I don't because I do five things. I'm in the Coast Guard. Hmm. I'm a writer. I do improv. I do jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and I sleep. And that's pretty much my life now. Um, whereas before, you know, before I've gotten true to my writing, I think I still would have been the hard party I used to be, and I'm not as young as I used to be anymore, trust me. Right, right. So do you think, this is the question I was going to ask, and so it, fit, it fits in here just as well. Do you think okay. that you would be just as likely to be uh, potentially getting a promotion? Like, do you think you'd have the, the same chance of getting the promotion if you hadn't written these two books? Um, yeah, I think I have the same chance. However, I don't think I would have the same mindset about promotion. Um, mm. I don't think I would have been as focused on it being the end all. I think I would have been more focused on it being the end all be all had I not written. I think I now having written. Um, I don't think I would have had that perspective had I not written about it's a portfolio. I mean, career is portfolios. And the military for me is now part of that portfolio. It's a big part. It is the biggest part. But I also know that in less than five years, my career is over. Three quarters of my career is behind me. I have made that choice. And with the book, Commander Transition, you know, I've written my game plan to make my transition as seamless as possible. And I, I it's really hope, and I know it has, to help others do the same thing. So, yeah, I think I think the percentages have been the same. I mean, they're, they're governed by headquarters and Congress. Congress mandates the number of commanders there are in the United States Coast Guard, um, and it's all out of my hands. But I think my thoughts and feelings about not promoting or promoting, um, because, I mean, I've got, may, I got maybe a 50% chance of promoting. So... In the military, when you don't make a rank, when you expect to make it, it's pretty painful. But you know, honestly, I, I, I don't think that there's pain anymore for me because there is genuinely more than one path. Wow. That's amazing. So before we wrap up, is there any advice that you would give to someone who has wanted to write a book but they haven't been able to get it done? Maybe they can't even imagine writing two books in a year. Um, what advice would you give? Um, to somebody uh, about writing, getting their book done? The book you want to write may not be the book the world needs. And you've got to be clear about, are you writing the book for vanity or are you writing the book to fill a purpose? If it's for the purpose, you may not even need a book if it's a purpose. You may need something else. It might be a TED Talk. It might be a workbook. It might be a meetup. It might be a Facebook group. It may not be a book. If you are sure it's a book, then you have to be more sure about who you're going to help and how you will help them than what you want to write about first. Otherwise, you're not writing the book for who needs it. You're writing the book because you want to write it. And those are two different books. Love it. 
totally love that. Um, so Travis Collier is the author of Command Your Transition. Um, you can find his book on Amazon. You can also find him on facebook.com slash travis.collier. We will put that all in the show notes. Um, Travis, thank you so much for being our guest today on Book Journeys Radio. It's great to have you. Definitely, Angela. Thank you so much for the opportunity. Awesome. So, um, you guys, this has been another episode of Book Journeys. Every week on this show, we try and help you to find maybe that one missing piece of the puzzle of why you haven't finished your book. Um, and also to show you what's possible, two books in a year with a full-time military career and a passion for jujitsu and improv, like that is a lot to get done in a year. But when you have the sort of clarity that Travis has, that can be possible for you too. Um, that's how we change the world, one book at a time. This has been another episode of Book Journeys Radio, where we're changing the world one book at a time. To find out more about how you can get your book written, published, and promoted, visit www.theauthorincubator.com.